the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Tuesday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado and David Dawson. Hey guys, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning to you. You know, Mm -hmm. fellas, coming out of my neighborhood this morning, it's so confusing. Y'all, there's people out there, they How still... How long have you been doing it? No, no, really. <laughs> I still found my way out. But but there's, but there's look, there's Halloween stuff still up, right? Somebody has inflatable turkeys, and now there's Christmas decorations. Yeah. I am so confused. That, it's it's a know. time for all seasons. Okay. Oh. You, you're a man yes, for all Damien. seasons. That's what it is. Well, thank you. There. A true man for all Such seasons. Such clarity there coming from the mouth go. of Damien Colada. Yes, well, thank you. It's official. <laughs> it is. It is. It's... <laughs> Halloween giving smush. Yes. Good. Good. That's <laughs> here, not bad. Here. <laughs> All right. It's also the feast day of St. Didicus. And I don't know what he did us, but he didn't do anything to us. So, oh, all right, we're going to okay. offer it up uh, prayer <laughs> on his behalf. Help. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty and eternal God, in whose marvelous ordering of things the weak of this world are singled out to shame the strong, grant, we pray, that by imitating the humility of St. Didicus here on earth, that we may be raised up to eternal glory with him in heaven. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Amen. he was humble. We will learn. He was a very humble oh. man. Which, I mean, all saints are. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be to, to, yeah, most, to be most a saint. Cases, yeah. mm-hmm. Sorry, Gabby, go well, ahead. I was going to say we're going to learn more about him okay, later good. on in today's show. <laughs> but coming up at 7 after, Chad Olivier will be joining Damien and David in the Bad Rouge studio. He is a CEO and certified financial planner with the Olivier Group, and he is going to be talking about Catholic Man Night. Uh, being a Catholic business owner and his support for Catholic Radio. So looking forward to speaking to Chad today. In 18 minutes, Father Bart Tolleson joins us. He's a priest of the Diocese of Helena, Montana, and he's an author of his new book, That Was Father Stew, a memoir of my priestly brother and friend. And Father Bart went to seminary with the infamous Father Stew. If you've yeah. seen the movie or read about him. So looking forward to chatting with him once again. In 35 minutes, Michael Ocaldo joins us. He is the executive director of St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge, and he's going to be talking about ways that we can help those in need during the month of November. And Thanksgiving is one of their busiest, if not their busiest time yeah, of year. So yeah. he's going to tell us ways that we can volunteer and help out this year. And in 48 minutes, Karen Ulo joins us. She's a parishioner over at St. Patrick's Church in Baton Rouge and an editorial director at Chrism Press. And so she's going to be talking about Chrism Press and maybe tease a little book called Brother Wolf, which is about a werewolf, you guys, but it's really cool. So we're going to talk to Karen. She's going to give us details about that. So it'll be good. (laughs) 
Yeah, I do know that today is National Hug a Bear Day too. Is it? Yeah. I'm not going to do that though. I'm uh, sorry. I'm not going to. I'm not going to observe oh. that uh, tradition. So well, I think I am. <laughs> Oh, oh and Damien's yeah, yeah. hugging Dave. Yeah. Just, <laughs> he's un, he's unbearable to I say the least. I just got a bear hug. Oh my god! <laughs> now All right, let's get on. to the weather while we readjust the cameras. <laughs> Dry and low uh, humidity is what we're going to experience again today, just like we did yesterday. Uh, if you're not hugging your bear, you'll see blue skies mixed with clouds and very little chance of rain high 85 low 61 expect the same for tomorrow and thursday there is a cool front coming our way it'll get here on friday and that'll be preceded by some rain so we finally will get rain in the forecast sure uh outside of that everybody (laughs) in the 50s except new orleans 69 degrees there we've got more coming your way on wake up Good morning. Today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 14. One of those at table with Jesus said to him, Blessed is the one who will dine in the kingdom of God. He replied to him, A man gave a great dinner to which he invited many. When the time for the dinner came, he dispatched his servant to say to those invited, Come, everything is now ready. But one by one, they all began to excuse themselves. The first said to him, I have purchased a field and must go to examine it. I ask you, consider me excused. And another said, I have purchased five yoke of oxen and am on my way to evaluate them. I ask you, consider me excused. And another said, I have just married a woman and therefore I cannot come. The servant went and reported this to his master. Then the master of the house in a rage commanded his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in here the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. The servant reported, Sir, your orders have been carried out, and still there is room. The master then ordered the servant, Go out to the highways and hedgerows and make people come in, that my home may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited will taste my dinner. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. It is 8 after the hour on this Tuesday morning, November 7th, Election Day for some folks. Hmm. And in the meantime, we have as our guest Chad Olivier. He is CEO and Certified Financial Planner with Olivier Group in Baton Rouge, but he also services folks throughout the state and then beyond. Good morning, Chad, and welcome to Wake Up. Good morning, good morning. The reason Chad is here is because he is our underwriting sponsor for Fraternity of the Leaf, which is part of Catholic Man Night. And Fraternity of the Leaf is an event that takes place an hour before Catholic Man Night actually takes place. It's kind of like a little patron party where um, about 35 guys get together and we get to Example: some of John Fulce's distilled brews that he creates, whether it be whiskey, vodka, gin, rum, whatever he decides to send our way. But we also get to meet Mike Fulmer, who is this year's guest speaker ahead of time, and get to rub elbows and question him as well. It's going to be exciting. Uh, yeah. It just we, we need to behave before that uh, that, that meeting. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, I'm, I'm a lightweight, so I'll, I'll sip a little, and that's uh, that'll be probably. It's good really it's little tiny tastes that he gives us just to taste it. But I mean, it, it's amazing that he's got a distillery there, and he had, that he does his own bourbons and that's rums right. and things like that. But uh, you know, the, the the theme that Mike Fulmer is going to be talking about is is awesome, so necessary for these times of Saint Michael the Archangel. That's right. You know, we're always saying, defend us in battle. And I mean, I could go on and on with that prayer, but uh, 
when you walk into the Olivier house, um, right when you walk in, you look to the right, the first wall, uh, we got St. Michael Archangel right there. And uh, uh-huh. Rose's mom, Rose's mom painted that picture in like 1974, and it's it's beautiful. But Is I mean, like right? battle of good versus evil. Yeah, and that's you come true. In, and you come in our house. Mm. Evil's gonna stay away. There you uh, go. There you go. <laughs> right it's at the uh, door. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and we, when it comes to Saint Michael, quite often we we know the prayer, and I love hearing churches say that prayer when mass is finished. And not all churches do, but I can remember growing up that was almost a standard. It was a Saint Mark's Church uh, in Chalmette. We That's both, right, we both brother. know it well. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, uh, and and but but Saint Michael is he a special saint for you in particular? Well, uh, so it's Chad Michael Olivier. Oh, my, dad, oh, my dad is Daniel is. Michael Olivier. Mm-hmm. My oldest is Conrad Michael Olivier. I didn't know that. Yeah, Rose's uh, dad and brother both named Michael. So wow. it's uh, okay. Yeah, the protect. I always look at it as the protector of the family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, very good. Well, that'll be the theme. In fact, Jacob Zumo is going to be doing a live painting at the event, and it will be of St. Michael the Archangel. So, uh, now get this, get this, fellas. I ordered the cigars. There's a there's a time when we can all enjoy cigars and such. I got St. Michael's cigars. Oh, yes, yes. And on, on, a beautiful picture of St. Michael on the band, and underneath uh, the band is a prayer, the prayer to St. Michael on a cigar. Yeah. So it it's yeah. going to be wild. We should be protected that we night. We are going to fight <laughs> what evil. What do you think? Evil one will be staying away at least. Yeah, so some, some good, at, at some good Oak, men. Some White good Oak men Oak State and Gardens for sure. Yeah. So, Chad, why why do you, as a business owner, uh, support Catholic radio in particular? So uh, again, we're big Catholics, and. Um, one thing we always instill in our boys is that you know always have to have Jesus in your heart, mm-hmm. and you got to walk the walk, and that's what that's what Catholic radio is. I mean, anytime you could, anytime during the day you could put it on, mm-hmm. and uh, they might have mass going on, they may have uh, the questions and answers of the yeah, non-Catholics. I, you, I love that. Yeah, yeah and you so, love the afternoon program. Oh, it is. It is. It's fantastic. So. Uh, you know, we we, uh, we we're big supporters of it, and just like um, you know, anything in our business, we want to make sure that uh, hey, good versus evil. Yeah. You know, yesterday I was I was in my truck and I was running errands and I was listening to other stations. I like I still do, you know, mm-hmm. listen to some of the other stations. Took me about ten minutes, y'all. Took me about ten minutes to go <laughs> to the center. It's like I am miserable. I mean, I we are doomed according yeah. to these stations, right? <laughs> Switched over to ours and it was like, oh my gosh, and it was a question. And answer one, you know. So, so the topic kept changing throughout the mm-hmm. thing. But at least we weren't doomed. We had hope. You know <laughs> what I mean? True. It was golly. <laughs> so I mean, and this is what you're getting behind. This is what you support well, us with your underwriting, and that's so important to us. Yeah. How, how do you bring your faith into your work? Well, uh, Damien, I mean, what what we do is we, I mean, we help people. So this is uh, that's the the foundation of. It everything we do we help yeah. people with everything financial and many times uh it becomes a therapy session so uh the faith <laughs> the faith definitely <laughs> definitely it helps in all aspects and uh that's what i say it's, it's um it's it's being positive 
and uh, always looking forward and um, making sure that you always have, and again, I always say Jesus in your heart, and yeah. that you that you generally gonna, generally going to you're going to help people. That's yeah, genuinely, that's, that's genuinely. incredible. And, and and teach people to be good stewards with their money, right? That that is that is true. And we have so many clients that um, they they are so charitable, and it's. Um, it's 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 it really is amazing to see all the good that they do, mm-hmm. and uh, again, it's um, people we the, the the clients we have, the clients we deal with, they're always um, just like us. We're looking for people that are good-hearted people, yes, and that absolutely. are yeah, absolutely. yeah, and that can that can help. Well, very good. Well, we appreciate your help as yes, always, Chad, Thank Chad you. Olivier. We'll see you tomorrow night, uh, along with. Almost 200 other men and Catholic Man Night at White Oak Estates. Thank you for being our supporter as well for Fraternity of the Leaf. Yes, indeed. Okay. Don't go too far. Father Bart Tolleson is going to be with us. We're going to talk about Father Stu on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 7th. Today we celebrate St. Didicus. How many of us could be accused of being so generous with the poor that friends express concern about the depth of our charity? Most of us would probably be found innocent of such a charge if it were ever leveled against us, but today's saint didn't get off so easily. Didicus, or Diego, was born in Spain in 1400 and spent some time living as a hermit. After becoming a Franciscan brother, he developed a reputation for his heroic penances and legendary generosity toward the poor. He volunteered for the missions in the Canary Islands and worked there with great energy and success. In 1450, Didicus was sent to Rome to attend the canonization of St. Bernardine of Siena, a fellow Franciscan. Many of the friars attending the event became sick, and Didicus stayed for several months to nurse them back to health. Returning to Spain, Didicus pursued a life of contemplation full-time before his death in 1463. At his canonization in 1588, Didicus was praised for the holiness of his life and for his example. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It's almost 19 after the hour. Uh, happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to Wake Up. So glad you could join us. Damian Colano along with Gabby Smith, David Dawson, and our guest now, Father Bart Tolleson. He is a priest of the Diocese of St. Helena in Montana, and he is also the author of a book entitled That Was Father Stew, a memoir of my priestly brother and friend. And you guys, I know, remember the movie Father Stew. It's so good. Uh, yeah. It was a great Mark yes. Wahlberg yeah. uh, uh, was Father Stu in the movie, and uh, Father Bart is here with us today to kind of elaborate a little bit more beyond the movie. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Damon. So glad to have you, and uh, so tell us, what is, uh, has transpired since the movie's been out, and now that you have a book as a follow-up? Well, the movie really kind of set the stage to, to generate interest in Father Stu really across the world. I've heard from people all over the world, actually, but uh, uh, just so many. And so, so many people were asking questions. What about his priesthood? What did he do? 
what's his legacy, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think the book's really designed to help uh, familiarize people with uh, Stu's true story in a better way and to, to just reflect some of the remarkable events that transpired that the movie just couldn't get to mm. in his life and even uh, beyond the grave. Yeah, that happens a lot in, in in a movie. They only have about an hour and a half or so to tell a whole life story. And uh, sometimes there's even a little embellishments in the movie only because they want to liven it up a little bit for whatever reason. But in Father Stu's case, I'm not sure they had to do much uh, of that, <laughs> did they? Because he seemed to be quite a character. Well, there were so many events in Stu's life, they had to compact them and uh, cut out a lot of them because he did so many things that were, were crazy and funny. If he had done everything in the right order that Stu did, I tell people it would have been like Lord of the Rings. It would have taken forever <laughs> to get to it on the, on the screen. That's right. <laughs> oh, goodness. So how did you guys get to be good friends? I've read about it, and uh, y'all were in seminary and uh, became priests in 2007 together, right? But share that story because there's, there's ironically, some similarities in your life, including uh, when you guys, the year you converted. Y'all both converted in the, the same year, I believe, 1994. That's right. We, Unbeknownst to both of us, we both became Catholic. I was on the East Coast at the time. He was on the West Coast at the Easter Vigil in 1994. When we found that out, it was, it was a little eerie. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were, I was a transfer from another diocese in Texas to, uh, to Helena, and I uh, was trying to find uh, someone who's a seminarian for Helena, and, and a mutual friend connected Stu and I, and we uh, started an email uh, correspondence and then met face-to-face and kind of hit it off. I think because maybe we were kind of a little older, had some life experience, both of us. We were both converts. We saw things in a similar way. We shared similar senses of humor, which I don't know is a credit to either one of us, <laughs> but we, we laughed a lot together. And I think we just connected, and we just became good friends. Stu was very loyal, very faithful, and it was just he was such a wonderful support for me both as a seminarian, but especially as a priest. Well, uh, as you read the book, and it's very enlightening, you do a great job uh, just bringing it all together. It's an easy read. I love the fact that uh, you, you, it's evident opposites attract, and if that saying was ever true, it's in this book between you two. I think so. I, I mean, I say in the book we're, we're the opposite sides of the same coin. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, how you refer to would, it. would uh, want to... Yeah, when Stu would want to speed up, I'd try to slow him down, and when I would be dragging my feet, he'd kind of give me a backside kick and say, get going. <laughs> yeah, well, I, the, the word comrade uh, jumped out at me as I was reading as well. Uh, he called you that, didn't he? He did. I, I actually found that out after he, he passed away from some transcripts some, someone had been making when asking Stu about different things. and. I thought that was a very high compliment, not just a friend, but a comrade, kind yeah. of a friend in battle at arms. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, I kind of kind of hit me in the heart when I heard that. Yeah. You know, and, and as I read that part of it and then also realizing how much he loved certain saints, uh, I, I started to envision you two as being soldiers for Christ, if that makes any sense. I think anyone who's a priest is a soldier for Christ. God. And I think anyone who's really serious about their Catholic faith should be a soldier for Christ. That's what Stu would tell you. I know that for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, share with us uh, a, a couple of stories. One in particular that kind of humored me was the the first time, and then it happened a, a couple, at least another time, uh, when he got stuck on the toilet in the bathroom. Yeah, so Stu, he, he was, if you didn't figure out that from reading the book, he was fairly stubborn about some things, and, you know, he doesn't want to admit that he can't do certain things. So Stu would, uh, you know, wander to the bathroom, partly because of the treatments he was getting, just kind of bothered his stomach a great deal. And then he would go down, but then he wouldn't have the strength to get himself back up. And so I remember the first time we were in a meeting actually with the bishop, and Stu was gone for a long time. And I'm like, well, that's not like Stu to be gone from a meeting with the bishop for this long. So I just hopped up and went into the bathroom. And I said, Stu, what's going on? He goes, I'm stuck. I can't get up. And I said, well, hang on. So I got another priest friend, and we got him up and got him together. And then there was another time we were out at a restaurant uh, meeting one of his uh, mentors, and uh, Stu was gone again. And I kind of had a feeling at that point. And uh, it was becoming a little embarrassing for him, you know, going into the bathroom in a public place and having him say, well, I'm stuck. And, you know, it was pretty funny because it was a public restroom and you're trying to rescue your buddy, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the bathroom and, you know, he's, uh, and we're both dressed as clerics and people yeah. are probably, I was yeah. so glad no one walked in. Cause I was like, <laughs> if anyone sees us, we're, we're in big, how do you explain this? Well, I don't I, know. I love the fact, yeah, I love the fact that he said that you were going to become a saint only because of your kindness for helping him all the time. <laughs> yeah, he he didn't use the word kindness. He actually said another word that Ignatius decided not to publish yeah. um, and uh, in, in real life. And it was just such a dichotomy of stew. Uh, laughing while I was kind of helping him clean up and him telling me it was he was making me a saint. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, and and he almost had a close call when it came to uh, becoming uh, ordained for a priest. Uh, the seminary seemed to maybe suggest he should and share with us because of his neurological disease that he had. He got that while he was in seminary. He was diagnosed with that, correct? He was diagnosed, actually his last year in seminary, he was definitively diagnosed. He had had symptoms before, but he was just thinking, well, I'm just from all the action I took in my younger life, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And during his final evaluation, I I think it came as a surprise to Stu that the seminary was really down, kind of the way the movie depicted, on his ordination. Uh, And they weren't going to recommend him, but they were going to leave it up to the bishop. And Partly was because of his disease and the confusion, you know, because no one had heard of that disease, and they they were like, "What's this? What?" And uh, and partly too, Stu was stubborn, <laughs> and I think he set a few professors in the wrong direction. That <laughs> kind of a little bit, bit of a backlash, and um, but Bishop Thomas knew that, and uh, actually Monsignor O'Neill was helping at the time with Stu, and they both knew that, but they also knew he had a heart of gold and was being called, and so. Bishop Thomas just said, you know, we're going to delay it, and let me just pray and ponder. And, and then after a period of time, Bishop Thomas, uh, after actually Stu got back from Lourdes, uh, Bishop Thomas said, I'm going to ordain you, and I'll ordain you and Bart together. Wow. Wonderful. Wow. Yeah. What, what would you say is one or two of your fondest memories of Stu, whether it be in the priesthood or just from a friendship standpoint? Yeah, I, he, you know, sometimes his homilies were so unpredictable. I, I mean, I would be in the back if I was kind of celebrating or listening to them. I'd be in the back laughing, you know, and I didn't want anyone to see me because, like, well, you know, because I knew what he was doing, and I, it was real, just really funny. 
I also remember sometimes uh, Stu celebrating Mass. It was just a profound experience. Sometimes Stu in prayer from his wheelchair, just kind of in contemplation, um, was very moving just to see the peace and the determination on his face as he prepared to offer the Lord to the people was very profound. And I just meet his greeting. You know, I meet getting to talk to him, uh, you know, just face to face and hearing his greeting and, you know, just catching up with stuff. Yeah. And uh, who would you say is his favorite saint? I know Padre Pio and, and Joan of Arc were two, but were they his favorites or did he have one that maybe people don't really know about? Well, there were, I would say, I'm going to give you four, and I said, depending on the day, <laughs> oh, okay. who was that? So, Padre Pio, uh, uh, St. Ignatius Loyola, actually, I'm going to give you five. St. Maximilian Colby, another Franciscan, he really liked St. Maximilian. And St. Philomena, he had a great devotion to St. Philomena. Hmm, really? Okay. okay. Well, very yeah. good. Yeah, and he well, had other people praying a devotion on his behalf to St. Philomena. Yeah. We're speaking to Father Bart Tullison. He is a priest in the Diocese of St. Helena in Montana. Good friend of Father Stu has passed away, but the movie is out. And now the book by Father Bart entitled, That Was Father Stu, a memoir of my priestly brother and friend. We hope you can get it. You can get it just about anywhere. Before we wrap up, can you give us a priestly blessing? Sure. May Almighty God bless and keep you this day in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Bart, thank you so much for being with us, and best of luck with your book. Oh, thanks so much. Good to be with you. Okay. God bless. Have a good day. All right. Almost I, makes me want to go see the movie again now that I've read I, you know, the book. <laughs> and, and I imagine the other interviews that we had with uh, Father Bart uh, talking about... Uh, you know, Father <laughs> Stu just said that they had to clean up a lot of the language. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he cleans it up, too, in the book. But it's, he's, it's, he's it's, still it's, a very yeah. holy man. You yeah. Know, he just, he, <laughs> Speaking of holy men, Michael Acaldo with St. Vincent de Paul mm-hmm. in Baton Rouge, he's coming up next on Wake Up. It is already half past the hour on this Tuesday morning. It is 35 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Our next guest is Michael Acaldo. Michael is the executive director of St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge. And today he joins us to give us an update of what they are up to for the month of November. And every month I say, okay, well, it's a lot. Well, this is their busiest time of year. (laughs) So they, (laughs) Michael, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Good morning. It's great to be with y'all. Well, we are looking for ways that we can give back during this season and help those in need, especially during the holidays. We have Thanksgiving, Christmas, and so many others as well. Can you tell our listeners how we can help those who really need them this year? No doubt about it. You know, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite secular holidays, you know, Mm -hmm. because uh, it's a way that we all come together to show our gratitude for all the blessings in our lives. And uh, um, Thanksgiving is a wonderful day. And for St. Vincent de Paul, you know, last year we served over 2,800 meals. Wow. And we... Yeah, we anticipate doing more this year. Um, we'll do it again, not only from our St. Vincent de Paul dining room, the Raising Canes River Center. Go. 
the McKin the McKinley High School Alumni Center, wow. and also mm-hmm. St. Jared. So we'll have those four sites. Um, we'll be, uh, we have volunteers that will be delivering meals to certain locations with large, uh, uh, people in need, a large number of people in need, and we'll be serving those meals and, uh, making a difference in, uh, a a phenomenal way to the community. And, uh, we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, and and once again, you know, it's everybody that takes a big part. We want to thank all our supporters for making it. A reality. Um, everyone from the Pennington Family Foundation to the Unified Jewish Congregation of Baton Rouge, they donate all the turkeys. That's I what mean, I was wondering. Wow. I was wondering where all those turkeys came from because if you're talking that <laughs> well, many people, how many turkeys is it? And that's expensive. Well, they donated <laughs> last year 168 turkeys. Go. Okay. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of birds. And, that's a lot of birds. And, <laughs> and, 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 and you know the amazing thing? Um, they, uh, the Jewish community has done that for many, many years. Wow. It's been a wonderful partnership and whether it's that partnership or, um, the wonderful holiday helpers that now is St. Vincent de Paul, mm-hmm. um, all of those things, uh, it's something that, uh, we can all celebrate and, you know, yeah. we, every month we talk about the economy and how things are difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, Thanksgiving gives us a time to count those blessings that we do have in our lives and to uh, provide that Thanksgiving meal to those who are truly in need. And yeah. so we're excited mm-hmm. about that. We're also working with the Louisiana Housing Corporation and really working diligently to make a big difference in the lives of, of those who are truly in need in our area. Mm-hmm. That's incredible, Michael, and it's always great to see the work that St. Vincent de Paul does in the community. I'm assuming because there are so many locations to help out and pass out Thanksgiving dinners, Thanksgiving meals, that you're going to be needing needing a lot of volunteers. Is there a way that people can go and sign up, or do you need certain slots filled? How how does it work? Y'all always have the great questions, you know, and perfect. Because <laughs> I, I always leave that important stuff out as I get older, I leave those critical points out, but yeah, go to SVDP, SVDPBR.org, and you can go to volunteers, go all the way down and click that uh, volunteer sign up uh, link and you can sign up for Thanksgiving. And we're right now on their uh, way with a, a new website, but I don't think we're going to launch it until after Thanksgiving, but that, whether it's the old website, which it is now today, or the new website, which it will be, uh, it's going to make a, uh, a big difference to us if you volunteer your time and talent, either at St. Vincent de Paul, the Raising Canes River Center, mm-hmm. um, and, and that will really help us. Yeah. I think so, too. Okay, so this is the time where a lot of people start thinking about giving Christmas gifts to family members. Well, I think there's a way that people can also think about maybe giving Christmas gifts to those children in need. Of course, we have Box of Joy, but locally, St. Vincent de Paul also puts together uh, gifts uh, for children and families this Christmas. So uh, is there a way that people can donate and uh, any specific items that you guys are looking for? Uh, no doubt about it. Um, last year, we provided over 3,000 children in need Christmas toys uh, during the Christmas season. 
And um, we need everyone to help us. We'll team up again with WBRZ Channel 2 and um, some really special supporters that'll give up, give drop-off locations. And we'll be collecting uh, gifts um, for children 12 and under. And, uh, you know, Bishop Duca will be out. Uh, you know, he is, as we all know, a real bishop. And so was Saint, mm-hmm. Saint, Saint Nicholas. And... Uh, <laughs> So, That's fine. So a lot of people forget, you know, a lot of people forget that. You know, I was listening um, over, you know, the the period right there before Halloween, and y'all did a great job of, you know, sharing with everybody. You know, Halloween comes from the church, right? You know? right. And, mm-hmm. and Saint Nicholas comes, Santa Claus comes from the church, <laughs> right. uh, and mm-hmm. and so uh, we'll be trying to continue that tradition of seeking out and responding to uh, children in need because, you know, what an uplifting thing to do. Whether it's a Thanksgiving meal, whether it's a Christmas gift, or, you know, uh, uh, a hot meal every day at St. Vincent de Paul or a night of shelter or assistance Mm -hmm. with the utility bill, that's what the St. Vincent de Paul Society is all about, is trying to bring Christ's bright light into the world that we we live in. Michael, uh, yeah. right after the Thanksgiving holidays, you know, you got a lot of people coming to help you out during Thanksgiving and, and, and Christmas and everything, but people have to eat every day. You know, you still mm-hmm. need help in between those times and all around those times, don't you? Oh, we do. And yeah. I mean, just like uh, the meal counselor is the highest I've seen um, at this point in, in like the, the last few days of uh of October, we were over 450 a day just for the oh, hot meal. That doesn't count the brown goodness. bag slippers. My goodness. Yeah, and that's just at the main site. That doesn't include what we might have done uh, during the week at St. Jared. So it's, you know, wow. for us, the need is going up and the support's so important. So whether you're volunteering at Thanksgiving or sometime thereafter, we, you're right. We need those volunteers all the time, and it makes such a big difference in the community. Yes, it does. Michael, we, we've thrown out a lot of information and ways to give back this year, whether it's every day over at the at the, the dining room or with uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas approaching. Where can we go to find out all of the information and, and find out what you do? And also, we can't forget about the thrift store downtown because that helps so many people as well. Oh, no doubt. We we need all that help. And you can go to sbdpbr.org and uh, find out a way you can get involved with the St. Vincent de Paul ministry and really share God's love with those in need. Yes, indeed. Yep. Well, and if you're giving away some old Christmas sweaters, not ugly ones, but like some nice ones, you can give them to the thrift store and donate them as well. And yeah, no. Ugly ones are um, warm I don't too. know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> hey, really somebody's got to go. You got to have a few ugly ones to go to the ugly Christmas sweater you're, that's, you're, party, you're right? You're trending no matter what. You're still trending. Yeah. That's right. And they're warm. Yeah, that's guess. exactly right. There you go. Thank y'all so much. And, and don't forget you, socks. They need lots yes. of socks. Mm-hmm. Socks. Yeah. Good point. Socks Michael, and all those good so things make a difference. Yeah. Thank you. All right, yes, Michael. Thank you. SVDPBR.org is where you can go to find out more information. I linked it in the comment section.
Kitchen for today's Facebook Live video. I can't even believe it's over 400 meals a day just at their main location. No, I mean, they were doing a count That's... when you and I were helping out, and it was 200-something that day. Yeah. Now I it's doubled. I think 276. Yeah, but yeah. On, and, wow. and, but 450, that's almost doubled. That's, yeah. That's yeah. a yeah. lot. There's definitely a need. There's definitely a need. I know we keep throwing this out there, but they're, they're, they're needing help. So uh, find out ways. Pray about it and yeah. find out ways that you can help. Uh, those in need, especially this time of year and every day. So, Karen Ulo joins us when we come back from the break. She's with Chrism Press. Chrism Press. It is 45 past the hour on Wake Up. Forty-eight past the hour. You are tuning your heart to truth. I am David Dawson, along with Damian Colado and Gabby Smith, and. <laughs> right now in our <laughs> studios, we have Karen Ulo, who has joined us. Am I saying your name right? Ulo. Ulo. That's even better. Ulo is, yeah, okay, Ulo. And and we have a lot in common. We're finding out that we've been crossing paths a lot in, in because you are from Baton Rouge, and you are the editorial director at Chrism Press. That's right. Talk about Chrism Press. This is this is the first time I've heard of it. Chrism Press is an imprint of Whitefire Publishing, and we are devoted exclusively to fiction from Catholic and Orthodox Christian points of view. That is incredible. Yeah, it's something that we, we saw a need. We yes, saw a there hole is. Yeah. that there are many, many Catholic publishers. Very few of them do any fiction. Mm -hmm. When they do, it's almost exclusively for children or young adults. Mm -hmm. And we said... You don't stop growing mm -hmm. no, <laughs> after right. you're a child or a young adult. You know, it's Jesus who taught us the power of story. Yeah. This is something that we as adults need too. And we also do publish YA fiction, but we focus mostly on adult fiction That's so for Catholics nice to hear. and Orthodox Christians. Well, I can tell you because I get a ton of books come across my desk, a lot, but they're they're primarily on prayer and the saints and, you know, pretty much our Catholic faith, which is wonderful, which is really good. And then every now and then I'll get a fiction book, you know, and I'll grab it and read it because every now and then I, I, I need fiction after reading the other Right, ones, well, you, know? you do. And we hear that a lot, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm so busy when I have time to read, I spend it on my spiritual reading. And that's wonderful. Yeah. We need prayer books. We need saint books. We need these things. But we also need to be absorbed in story. And mm -hmm. it's something that Jesus himself taught us and showed us. The prodigal son is a fictional character. Yeah. The good Samaritan is a fictional character. It's something Jesus himself showed us that we need story. Yeah. to be able to relate and to put ourselves in the place of others. They teach us empathy. They teach us morality. That's what good fiction is for. Yeah. And sometimes we just need a break, you know? Well, <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. And that's what I do. I save my fiction for last at night so I can sleep. Otherwise, I'm still thinking of uh, the other, you know. Oh, of course. You, you see what I'm saying? And, and then you do fiction and it just the story just kind of, takes me away. And and I really appreciate that. I think that is wonderful that y'all are doing that. And that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to take you away and it's supposed to let you relax and grow in a way that doesn't feel like studying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean for, for I mean look, if somebody thinks Catholic fiction 
they're thinking the Father Brown mysteries. I mean, that's your go-to. Right. Right? But there's so much more out there. There's so much more out there. That's what we do is we publish across every genre. Mm -hmm. We don't have quite everything out yet because we just opened our doors in 2020 and published our first books in 2021. But we already have mystery. We have science fiction. We have horror. We have historical. Yes, you're holding Brother Wolf by (laughs) Eleanor Borg Nicholson. Tell me about a horror uh, <laughs> fictional Catholic book or Christian so, book. How does that combine? How, yeah, how, Eleanor how do you Roy Nicholson together? I'm is, kinda, kinda she, baffled. <laughs> she is a phenomenal writer, but she has taken she uses horror to show concupiscence and sin mm. and its effects on the world and oh. to make them very concrete. So Brother Wolf is about the hunt for a Franciscan werewolf. A Franciscan and she werewolf. uses the werewolf trope to show the violence that's done against the human person through sin and basically anyone who is sinful enough and has this particular inclination toward being a werewolf will develop the condition but the franciscans will take them in, because of course it's franciscans with wolves will oh, take true. them in i, I don't know why i just caught that yeah exactly. <laughs> of course it's the franciscans with wolves right, right. will take them in and help them to grow and rehabilitate but this particular one has sort of um, went south went south <laughs> and now they're on the hunt to find him and bring him back wow man i just thought of another fictional book just now instead of dances with wolves franciscans with wolves that's well, exactly it see, franciscans with wolves. i can just see sequel. that happening right now <laughs> start writing get ordained and then sooner or later they become priestly wolves <laughs> Start Could writing. Start writing and submit it. Let's see how yeah, far it see goes. How far That's yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. it. <laughs> and the other genres that you have. We have historical romance. We have contemporary wow. novels. We, you name it, we have it. And if we don't have it, we, it's coming in the next year or two. And so, what it is is the books that you have. You don't. I mean, if if, if I'm going to pick up one of your books, I don't have to worry about going. Whoa, this is going in the wrong direction quick, right? Not I mean, at all. You're not going to have not that. at all. Everything that we have has been through an extensive process, not only of editing of vetting, but of editing as well. Mm-hmm. So everything that we have is going to edify your faith in some way, shape, or form. That is good to know. Some some other books that mm-hmm. I've read, and and they and they they had the Catholic Church. In the title, they had the Catholic Church in mind until you get about a quarter of the way through. And what they have to say about the Catholic Church caused me to say, well, I'm done with this book. Yes, and you should be done with that book. You know, Jesus taught us the importance of good (laughs) stories. But that doesn't mean that there aren't a whole lot of bad ones out there. So how did this this happen for you? How did you uh, wander into this? (laughs) Well, I'm also an author, and I have my own books out. And prior to being... When we started Chrism Press in 2020, I was managing editor of a Catholic literary journal called Dappled Things, which is another thing you should absolutely check out. And so through some friends that I had made as being an editor for Dappled Things, they knew uh, David and Rosanna White are the owners of Whitefire Publishing. Okay. And... We all kind of got hooked up together and said, this is the thing that needs to exist. Yeah. So we made it exist. Yeah, yeah there, there's definitely a void there. Okay, so what's coming up in the future? 
What's coming up in the future? Next year, our first release will be the second in our murder mystery series by okay. Emily Hanlon. The second book next year is actually mine. I have a historical novel set during the French Revolution coming out. Okay. And then we'll have um, several more coming up next year, including another one by Eleanor Berg Nicholson. This time, she's tackling Irish demons and zombie leprechauns. <laughs> right up his alley. Irish demons and zombie leprechauns. David like Demon Dawson. Is going to I love ruin it. My, okay, oh. no. <laughs> there goes my heritage. <laughs> so. No, it's a wonderful book. That's one that I've been actively editing in the past several weeks, and it's a ton of fun. So is there a website we can go to? Yes, it's okay. Chrism, just like the anointing oil, uh-huh. C-H-R-I-S-M Press, P-R-E-S-S dot com. And if somebody goes to the website and they say, okay, look, uh, I want to look up murder mysteries. You, you, you have it categorized? Yes, it is they... categorized on okay. there. And, and they order from your site? You can order directly from our site, and we would be more than happy to see that happen. Of course, all of our books are also available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever. Okay. And how many authors do you have working for you? Or work with you, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 15 right now. Oh, that's fantastic. And you're all based in Baton Rouge? Uh, The Whites who own the company are based in Cumberland, Maryland. But I'm in Baton Rouge and I'm the editorial director. Yeah, so in a way. (laughs) In a way, we're based in Baton Rouge. There you go. Karen Yulo, thank you for joining us again. And once again, give us the website. Chrism Press. Dot com. Chrismpress.com. I got the Brother Wolf. I'm going yeah, to give it a shot. Book. Thank so, you so much for having me here. Okay, Karen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, this is also Vocations Week, and we always mm-hmm. want to wrap up our show this week with a prayer for vocations. So we will, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. O Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and divine love, impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation within they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Johnny Aber joins us with his gospel reflection. Peter Finney with the Clarion Herald will update us on what you'll find in this week's issue of the Clarion Herald in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Dr. Tom Neal will be talking about vocations. And Dr. Jordan Haddad from Notre Dame Seminary will be discussing tithing. What should we do? How should we do it? All of that. Have a wonderful Tuesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.